Let's go to the word, shall we? We'll be coming from 1 Samuel 7 and 12. Word reads, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Now our text takes place during the time that was during a time that was very chaotic in the lives of the children of Israel. They've been living in the promised land for many years now and they've thrived. Even though the law of Moses had been established while they were in the wilderness, there was no king during this time, and the word says that the people of God did what was right in their own eyes. The biggest problem that the children of Israel had during this time was the Philistines, a very warlike people that lived in Canaan before the children of Israel lived there. They had been engaged in a long-term conflict with the children of Israel almost since the time they moved into the land of Canaan in the time of Joshua and through the times of the judges. Well, since there was no king or established order and the people of Israel did what was right in their own eyes, they were constantly falling into idol worship. They would worship Baal and Ashtaroth or any other deity that came from the local culture. In fact, Joshua's farewell address to the children of Israel many years before, he told them to be careful not to worship the gods of those that they conquered and came in contact with in their new land. He said to them, you all may end up doing whatever you're going to do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. But because of their unfaithfulness to God, to God and the aggressions of the Philistines, the children of Israel once again found themselves under the threat of defeat by the Philistines. So they went to Samuel the prophet and asked him to pray to God on their behalf. 1 Samuel 7 and 8 reads, So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to God, to the Lord our God, for us, that he may save us from the hands of the Philistines. Samuel let them know what they had to do in order to be saved from this latest threat. It says in 1 Samuel 7 and 3 and verses 3 and 4, Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all of your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroths from among you and prepare your hearts for the Lord. Then serve him only, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the bows and the Ashtaroths and served the Lord only. That means they put away all of their distractions, everything that was blocking their view of what really mattered, everything that was keeping them from God. In verse 6, it says, So they gathered together as at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. 
and they fasted that day and said there, we have sinned against the Lord. So Samuel the prophet began to make sacrifice. And as he did, the Philistines came to attack. But as they attacked, the Bible said that the Lord thundered with a loud thunder that day. And the Philistines became so confused that the men of Israel easily defeated them and chased them all the way out of the territory. After chasing them for a good while between Mizpah and Shin, Samuel set up a stone and called it Ebenezer. And he said the words of our text and title for today. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Go on, say it with me. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Now, up to this point in time in the lives of the children of Israel in the Old Testament and a significant amount of time afterwards, I noticed that there seemed to be a, a pattern. There seemed to be a very interesting and repetitive pattern in the relationship between God and the children of Israel. Their interaction with the, with the father seemed to be a repetitive pattern of first being saved from destruction and being blessed by God, then soon taking the blessing or miracle for granted and getting distracted by other things, then falling away, then facing oppression or the consequences of that falling away, then crying out to God for help and to save them, then being saved by God through a miracle and getting the victory, then being brought back to the close back to closeness in God, and then receiving God's blessing, and then again taking that blessing and miracle for granted, then falling away again, and the cycle would continue. Now I used to look down my nose at the chick at the characters and the children of Israel for what at the time seemed to be some very thick-headed mistakes that they always seemed to be making from the time that God made his promise to Abraham, he'd been continuously faithful and merciful to the children of Israel despite their mistakes and shortcomings. When Abraham lied to Pharaoh about Sarah being his sister or when he fathered a child with his maidservant Hagar thinking that it wasn't going to have any unintended consequences or his grandson Jacob deceiving his own father Isaac to get the blessing of the birthright, God remained faithful. Now the most glaring example of this was that first generation of the children of Israel that departed out of Egypt in the book of Exodus. God would perform miracles on the daily, on the regular, and they would murmur and complain almost every chance they got. It seems they had a chronic case of selective amnesia because they would never remember the miracles that God had just performed to free them or provide for them just a day ago, but they could always remember how good they thought they had it in Egypt. Even after the children of Israel repeatedly murmured and doubted, though through their children, God fulfilled his promise to them and led them to the promised land. 
he remained faithful to them. Even in the time of Joshua, he continued to remain faithful to them and give them the victory. But like the generation before them, they still had carried with them, or they almost inherited that chronic case of selective amnesia. Joshua, in his farewell address, even had to warn them not to get too caught up in their blessings and start worshiping other gods. And as soon as they got the chance, guess what they did? Started worshiping other gods. In fact, many of the accounts in the Old Testament begin with, again, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Again, Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Even then, the Lord remained faithful. Now, it didn't mean that they didn't have to face the consequences of their actions. Many times, they were getting carried off into slavery, getting oppressed. But God was still faithful. He still helped them. Now, there were two constants that I noticed that were always at work. One, the children of Israel were always doing evil in the sight of the Lord in one way or another. And two, the Lord was always saving them. It's the same with us, isn't it? God calls us, pulls us close, and blesses us. In our human nature and in our fleshly nature, we either forget or we take that blessing for granted when life's challenges begin to come. Sometimes we develop that same case of chronic selective amnesia. We can always remember the bad that happens to us, but we so easily forget the good. Some of us, of us, some of us remember that the painful things that happened to us when we were in elementary school 30 years ago but we'll forget the miracle that happened to us just this morning. We then find ourselves in a bad circumstance or situation because we acted in our thoughts or our flesh. Then we then cry out to God for his mercy, Lord, help me. Or we cry out to God for his assistance. And since he is faithful and his mercy is new every morning, he fulfills his promise to lift our feet out of the snare of the fowler. We thank him for making a way out of no way. And then we draw close to him for a time. And then we repeat the process all over again. How often has God been faithful to us? How many times have we failed God? And how many times has he answered our cry? How many times has he shown us mercy after all of that and after all of God has done for us, provided for us, healed us, saved our children, blessed us, made a way out of no way. We still sometimes put other things in his place. It's so funny how some people think that they can act like they want to act. Do what they want to do. Be how they want to be. And then when they get into trouble and have to deal with some of the consequences of 
doing what they did, they go try to find a preacher or a missionary or a prayer warrior to pray for them like God is going to save them from their consequences. It's almost like asking a stranger that you have absolutely no relationship with for some very important favor. In fact, having a deep relationship with the Lord is not a guarantee that you're going to get exactly everything you want or that everything is going to go the way you want it to. Nowhere in the Bible does it guarantee that everything is going to go your way if you get saved. What the Bible does guarantee, though, is that God will be with you no matter what the world throws at you. Oh, let's give him praise for that on today. Amen. Well, in our modern, more educated minds of today, We quietly laugh at those that lived in ancient days with their idols of stone, silver, and gold. But nowadays, our idols are different, aren't they? We don't sit praying in front of little statues anymore, do we? What are the things that we hold up as idols in this day and time? What do we worship today? Today, Our idols include our possessions, our money. Today, our idols are fame and the famous. I was completely blown away when the show American Idol came out. Very interesting title, I thought to myself. Today, our idols have become image, pleasure, status, and comfort. We ourselves have become our biggest idols. Our own individual worldviews or perspectives and thought process have become more important to us than the Word of God. But it seems today that we are in the same situation as they were in the Old Testament with many in our world doing what seems right in their own eyes. We are at the time now to where up seems to be down. In seems to be out. And the world is calling good bad and bad good. People don't even want to be told when they are wrong anymore. In fact, people don't want to be told anything anymore. They say, you do you, and I'm going to do me. But even in the midst of us doing that, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Sometimes God will save you from a consequence or a circumstance that you got yourself into. But if you're not of a mind or of a heart to move closer to him, after coming out of that situation, you'll say things like, whew, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. And you go right back into that behavior or that situation that got you into trouble in the first place. Nothing in you will have changed. The pattern and the dance will remain the same. You'll be doing you until doing you 
get you into trouble again. And then you'll be crying out to God for mercy and for him to help you. But why do we continue to live out the same pattern over and over again in our lives? Why do we continue to do the same steps in this dance? Some of us have been dealing with the same issues for most of our lives. The same quirks, the same temptations, the same mistakes for years and years and years. Now, an anonymous quote I once read said that life will bring you the same test over and over again until you pass the test. If you're wondering why you can't rise to that next level or grade in life, it may be because you keep failing the same test over and over again. Now, this aspect can be made even more difficult to understand because these lessons and tests are also meant to teach and strengthen us as we grow and mature. But in our pursuit of comfort, there are so many that want to avoid the lessons and the tests necessary to teach us what we need to rise to a higher level. <clears throat> One of my best friends, a pastor, Anthony Williams, told me an analogy that an old preacher once told him. He said that it's always better to take the stairs than the elevator when you're on your way to the top in life. He said when you take the stairs, you have to stop on every floor and take a few seconds to look around, learn what you need to learn on that floor before you go to the next floor up. But when you take the elevator straight to the top, you miss the floors that you should have stopped on to learn what you need to learn to go higher. We would love for God just to show us to the elevator and send us straight to the top, but we have to take the stairs. The problem is some of us have been stuck on the same floor for years now, wondering why we can't go higher. God is telling you in the year 2022 that it's time to let it go. It's time to pass the test. It's time to graduate. The Lord looks down and says, thus far I have helped you, but I can't let you pass to the next grade because you keep failing the test. I can't move you to the next level because you won't let yourself grow. You won't let go of that pain. You won't let go of that habit, that addiction. You won't let go of that thought process. I'm trying to take you somewhere and you can't take that old stuff with you, but you won't let it go. I've got to let you stay there where you are until you learn what you're supposed to learn, until you pass the test. Now, the big problem with the children of Israel in many cases was that they, and many times we, can't remember what God had done for them. Well, in the year 2022, in my life, I'm trying to set up a pattern interrupt in the year 2022. 
Every time God does something for me in my life or in the life of those around me, I'm going to try and write it down somewhere. Every time I hear about God healing someone or blessing someone or working a miracle in my or someone else's life, I'm going to try to record it somehow. I'm going to try to burn it in my memory somehow. So when life comes at me, and it will, that I won't forget what God did. I'm going to try to not to fall into the pattern of getting blessed or saved and then forgetting what God has done for me or taking it for granted. I'm going to try not to rinse and repeat that old cycle. I'm going to try to remember. I'm going to try to stay close so I don't fall away. Now, I find it interesting that after all God did and had done for them in the past, that they still found themselves following after Baals and Ashtaroths. In the text, the children of Israel had been under the oppression of the Philistines for many years. And in the midst of their trial and oppression, they cried out to God through his servant Samuel and called on him, and he called on them to put away their idols and focus on getting back into closeness with God. Now, if God helped them, then he will help us also. We are here today only because he has helped us thus far. So many have not made it. He did not bring us this far to leave us here. Oh, beloved, that's what he started. He will complete. Even, oh, somebody needs to give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. He did not bring you this far to leave you. Now, even in the midst of the insanity that the world is going through, been going on so long that it almost seems normal now, but even in the midst of all of this, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Now, later in the text in 1 Samuel 7 and 14, it reads, Then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel, from Ekron to Gath. And Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. My friends, your being alive and still in existence today is a testament to the fact that up to this point, God has taken care of you. He has protected you. You may be having a tough time in your life right now. You may have had a tough 2021, but if you even made it to the year 2022, you have to realize that God did not bring you this far to leave you. You have to realize that he will finish what he started. You have to realize that if he brought you through pain and tragedy in 2021 and you're still here, that he is going to take you to victory in 2022. Wherever you are out there, raise your fist to the world and scream and declare loudly, I am still here. Somebody give the Lord praise on today. 
And if you're still here, then that's an opportunity for our God to do something great. Everything that life and the devil tried to take from you in 2021, the Lord is going to start giving it back in the year 2022. It can't stay nighttime forever. Sooner or later, the daytime has to come. I can admit that I'm uncertain about what's going to happen in the year 22. We might not know what's going to happen in the year 22, but we know who holds 2022. We might not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. Oh, let's give the Lord praise on today. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, wherever you are, give the Lord praise. You might not know what the future holds, but you know who holds the future. So go into the year 2022 with the expectation that God is going to do something great. That he has already given you the victory. Oh, let's just give the Lord another praise in advance. We don't have to wait until the battle is over. We can shout now because we know in the end, <laughs> we are going to win. Now, my brothers and sisters, if there is a New Year's resolution to be made, it should be to get closer to God, to deepen your relationship with him, to become a more mature son or daughter of God. My prayer during this time is create a clean heart in me, O Lord. You see, God has done what he said he would do. He's been faithful. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Each one of us could set up an Ebenezer in our own lives. Now it's time for us to do our job. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to graduate. One aspect of this, world, this word today deals with the fact that even in the pattern of selective amnesia that we sometimes have, the Lord has still remained faithful and has helped us. That's point number one. Point number two well, it's two major points, and then I'm through. One, as individual sons and daughters of God, it's time for us to grow up and rise to that next level by breaking that pattern of selective amnesia. And number two, even in the middle of all of the uncertainty and shifting events that are happening, thus far, the Lord has helped us. It's time for us as the body of Christ to celebrate that fact. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. And as a body of believers, we need to lean into the fact that he did not bring us this far to leave us. We need to lean into the fact that we are going all the way and the Lord is not finished with us yet. Now, if you're not saved, please pray this prayer with me. Lord God, we thank you that your mercy is new every morning. 
We thank you for sending your son to die for our sins. We now ask that you would forgive us for our sins, for our blindness, for our selective amnesia. We believe that Christ Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that he came and died on the cross for our sins, and we believe that he arose from the dead. We ask him now to come into our, our hearts this very moment. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Oh, somebody give the Lord praise. You just got saved. Wherever you are, just lift up your hands and give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Well, we want to connect with you. If you need prayer, we have people who will pray with you. We want you to know that we love you and we want to know who you are. So go on and download our app and write us and we can travel this road together. I hope that you were blessed by that word. Hallelujah. Well, beloved, the Lord is doing some wonderful things here at West Angeles. And we want to give you an opportunity to be a part, to be a blessing and to be blessed. Through your giving, we can continue to touch the world with the love of Jesus Christ. You can give by downloading our West A app in your app or Google Play Store and following the prompts there. Or you can give and go to our site at westday.org and give there as well. Whatever method you give, even if you mail your gift to us, we want you to know how much we appreciate you. Thank you for joining us to do a great work for the Lord. Now let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you that thus far you have helped us. We want to thank you, Father God, that your mercy is new every morning, that you have been merciful even when we have forgotten what you've done for us. We want to thank you for those who have purposed in their hearts to give of their first fruits to you. We want to thank you, Father God, that you're going to keep us covered with your hand of protection, purpose, and provision as we go forward. We want to thank you that thus far you have helped us. In the name of Jesus, we go forth in your power. Amen. God bless you, and we love you.